up, everyone? Welcome to Let's Talk Markets with Dave Lauer. I am your resident smooth brain, Pink, and we've been on a little bit of a hiatus for the last few weeks, so it's really good to be back with you. Thank you for joining us today. Dave, how how was your break? It was nice. Do I look tan? I, I, I don't you know. You do. I'm probably you, you're not. You're a little I mean, bronzy. Yeah, I really stand out up here in Canada, but, you know, maybe to everyone else in the in the world who gets a normal amount of sunshine, I just look pale still, but... Uh, no, it was no, great. We, it looks like you touched grass, like actual grass. I did. I really disconnected. <laughs> I was. I touched sand. I touched ocean. Um, slashed my awesome. foot open on a piece of coral. Uh, no, that's not what yeah, we did. Not, that was not cool. Kids had a great time. Um, we did all sorts of stuff. I went to an island. Then we did a road trip later on. I was in Boston uh, this weekend. We saw a game at Fenway. That was so oh, much fun. fun. Have you been to a game at Fenway? It's a it's a I special haven't. experience. I, yeah, I'm from the South, so I have been to like Texas Rangers and uh, Houston Astros, things like that. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's so a I, lot of fun. I lived in Boston and I've lived in Chicago. And between there, I lived in New York. So I, you know, and I'm from Philly. So I, I've been to these great stadiums, but like Fenway and Wrigley are so cool. But I like Fenway is really, I lived in Boston for a long time. I saw a lot of Sox games. Um, I was there in 04 when they won the world series. So wow. uh, here, here's a fun fact about me. I have in my life been in two riots. Um, and the Dave the, Lauer. The, yeah. Yeah. Stop I, the I, I presses. Think, yeah. Two riots. <laughs> um, the, the first was in Spain and that was a weird one, and uh, I had no idea what was going on. But the second one was closer to on purpose. When the Sox won in 04, I walked from where I was living in Cambridge down to Fenway, and it was just the biggest party. Molotov in your hand, right? Oh, yeah. Like, ready to, <laughs> ready to chunk it. <laughs> but both both riots, in fact, I, I maybe I'm attuned to the, the riot. I've known when to leave. And the, yeah. the the Fenway riot, I left, I ducked out as the, the line of riot police were marching in. Um, oh, you know what? Actually, yes, yeah, so we've got this little chat. One of our one of our writers, Dave here, is, is saying that's the Philadelphian in me that knows when to <laughs> get the fuck out. But, uh, you know, it's funny you say that because now actually I, there was a third incident that I remember having to do with the Sixers. Um, and I think Dave, you were there for that. I wouldn't call it a full blown riot per se, but it, it was after a, a playoff game in 2001 where all the fans we were going crazy. It was the Bucks when, uh, yeah, the motorcycle, right? So, so, <laughs> so we were walking out of the the arena, and and we're, there were a lot of people, and we see this line of police, Philadelphia police, and motorcycles go by, and then they they turn. And then they come back and as a line, and then they suddenly just turned right into the crowd. And it was crazy. And we, we were ambushed. Like, yeah. We had like to jump out of the way of these crazy motorcycle cops. Um, and you know, I'm seeing yeah, a we, common denominator here. <laughs> Dave's like, oh, I just happened to be at this riot. Oh, yeah. And there was like five other riots. I just happened to be there. <laughs> I didn't remember that one. That was actually the first one. <laughs> Yeah, they, they that may mean you've been in too many time. riots if you can't right. remember them all. <laughs> he's got his finger on the pulse of the people, guys. How many riots <laughs> is too many riots, Pink? I want to know. I want to know that. 
Each, so anyway, I, the whole point of the story was I was at Fenway this weekend uh, against the Dodgers. Sox won. Mookie Betts came back. It was it was crazy. Fun. Like bases loaded, bottom of the or top of the ninth, and he was up to bat to you know at the, as the winning run, and he flied out to end the game. But I took my kids to Fenway, and they just loved. Oh, that's it. so and, fun. Core memory that, right there. Yeah, that you're a good right. dad for doing that for real. And and there's this thing that they do at Fenway. Um, where the the stadium sings "Sweet Caroline," maybe you've seen it like yeah, on videos yeah. or something. But it, sure. it's such a, it's such a fun experience to be there and just be with like thirty thousand people like screaming your head off singing this song. And the kids yeah. were they'd never seen anything like it. Um, and so I I think that was it's yeah, very not not to be it. sacrilegious. I swear it's an office quote, but like you know I feel God in this Chili's. I think of that every time yeah. I'm like sitting in one of these experiences where it's like this is it's very powerful the the human connection. So it is. I love it's not it. something you, were, you can. Watch. You were feeling you it in Fenway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was great. So um, yeah, I, I I have to say so we're back now. And I'm, you know, it was a great vacation and I'm really tired and I have to, I seem to like need to nap now every day. And I'm like, wait, wasn't, wasn't the vacation supposed to be restful? Like what? No, you need so a vacation tired? from your vacation. That's a I thing. Know. That's a thing. It like is. you need to just schedule an extra like three days and then just sleep. Oh, I know. And then I know. We, we drove back like the, we had the seven hour drive back from Boston on Sunday, and then I'm working yesterday. So, uh, yeah, that was exhausting. Yeah. But it's kind of like when the kids go to bed. It's like, I need to sleep, but also I want to watch TV and have me time. No, you know, it's hard I to know. decide when to stop vacationing. <laughs> and it's hard. Like, my kids are getting older now, and so they're going to bed later. And, you know, for a while it was fine. Like, the kids would go to bed at, like, 8. And then, you know, my wife and I, we have our time, and that's great. But now they're going yeah. to bed at, like... 9 9 30 10 and my wife likes to go to bed early so like it's i don't know it's it's a tough it's a tough thing you know to keep to to, to manage a relationship i think with kids it is Oof, exhausting. and i think that's where reddit and a lot of online forums come in and you know you can kind of it's like while they're asleep i guess i'm just gonna go learn about short sales and uh you know a bunch of acronyms it's Which so I true. think I think at this point we should name this like the acronym show. Like we've got the SEC, <laughs> ATS, NFTs. <laughs> uh, I guys, we've got I, a lot going I, on. I love to say I know all the TLAs. Yeah. The three, the the three letter acronyms. Three letter acronyms. <laughs> it's weird that's when, what, I, when I, I, think I that's what our sub our name's gonna be called now. So yeah, when I encounter one actually. that I don't know, it's it's always shocking to me. It happens, but it's really rare. I've been in tech for a long time and you, you get you get exposed to a lot of TLAs in tech. And I think like, even for me, as like I said earlier, I'm the resident smooth brain here, but I find that like I, the way my mind works, I, I can usually figure an acronym out or get kind of close, mm. especially if I know that I'm, you know, I'm looking at something finance or right. whatnot. I can kind of figure it out when, when yeah, I'm Sometimes I just at, make so. it up and I try and sound authoritative. So, you know. That works too. Hey, All you don't get one hundred and thirty Twitter thousand Twitter followers by not, you know, shooting from the hip. Sometimes uh, that's right. You know, <laughs> sometimes you got to shoot first and ask questions later. All right, you know, it's, uh, exactly, exactly. You'll figure it out. So that's what you I, you were speaking of Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it. Uh, I'm I'm actually in protest. I'm just going to continue to call it Twitter because that's I'm what calling it, is. it Twitter. The uh, tweets. It's is uh, yeah. I, I you know actually if you look at the URL. 
they, they've rebranded the whole thing, but they've not rebranded their URL. So you go to click post yeah. and it says to tweet on the URL. So to tweet right I'm at the top. Yep. Listen, he's a, he's a genius. Elon Musk is a genius. He's That's a business genius. And we, we just need to continue to invest and be quiet. But that's what that's what that's what I've been told. He's a genius. Elon, he has a lot of experience with the SEC and and all the he does all the he fun that we're gonna be talking about today. He can't a bit of experience with the SEC. He can't get enough. He keeps them like he has them on speed dial. I think. Yeah. Well, or at least they have his lawyers on speed. They dial. have him. Well, yeah, his team on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> and his uh his X thread probably pulled up daily. Yeah. But um. But yeah, so there's been a lot going on with like the NFT in the in the crypto space, and we've we've talked about that in the last yeah, several weeks. But TLAs. really, with yeah, NFT TLAs. That's just the name of this episode. <laughs> um, the non fungible token. The SEC says just the non fun token. No more fun. No, no fun. No more fun. You can't yeah. have fun. You crypto you people can't. had years of fun. No more fun. We've we've let you guys run loose long enough. It's time to. It's like literally Gary Gensler's just walking around, hitting people on the wrist with a ruler. It's like follow the rules, and it's like, well, how? Okay, how? What are the rules? And it's just like I don't know. Figure it out. And he like sashays away, and it's like, well, just know Gary, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, we'll let you know, and we'll fine you. You'll get the bill in the mail. So that's you know. The Wild West. We've investment contracts have been defined for since the SEC's been around, but. You know, sometimes we need updates. We need to update things. And um, the creation of crypto and NFTs has, we're in the wild west right now when it comes to what defines an investment. And um, it's kind of hit or miss with what's been going through the courts and what the SEC has been saying. Uh, they're, they're not exactly telling the same story. So um, on no. Monday, like I think it was yesterday at the time of recording this, there was another milestone in the SEC's question to exercise control over the rapidly expanding crypto space. And the commission charged LA-based media company Impact Theory, LLC, for selling unregistered securities in the form of non-fungible tokens, or NFTs. Uh, the SEC argues that Impact Theory's founder's keys, which it used to raise $30 million in capital, qualify as investment contracts. Uh, and if this is indeed an accurate assessment, that would place the onus on the issuer of this NFT to register as a security with the SEC, which, okay, I mean, that makes sense. Um, but for any of those who have been paying attention, this should all sound very familiar. The action follows closely behind the flurry of lawsuits around the alleged issuance and or exchange of unregistered cryptocurrency tokens. Uh, we talked about Ripple just a couple of weeks ago. So... Um, let's see. The SEC's press release read that the order finds that impact theory encouraged potential investors to view the purchase of a founder's key as an investment into the business, stating that investors would profit from their purchases if impact theory was successful in its efforts. Among other things, impact theory emphasized that it was trying to build the next Disney, and if successful, it would deliver tremendous value to founder's keys purchasers. And the order finds that the NFTs offered and sold to investors were investment contracts and therefore securities. Accordingly, Impact Theory violated the federal securities laws by offering and selling these crypto asset securities to the public in an unregistered offering that was not otherwise exempt from registration. So, red tape. Yeah, Where you did know, all this theory, red tape I, come from? <laughs> I'm trying to think as, as you're talking through all this, I'm trying to think in my head. Um, 
is is there another example of a security that is not fungible? So like fungibility is a really interesting concept and it's not something that I was even familiar with before I got into trading and especially in fact into um, interlisted trading. So I, I used to work on a market making desk. I wrote software that did interlisted uh, arbitrage uh, and one of the one of the trades was between the US and Canada. Now, US and Canada is interesting. I'm going off on a tangent here. I'm sorry, but you know, I sometimes I have show. something to add. So, you know, yeah. here we go. Uh, <laughs> and, and the, 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 the interesting thing between the US and Canada is that a, the, a stock that is interlisted is fungible. And so, if you are trading uh, shares of BlackBerry in the US, and let's say you're buying in the US and you're selling in Canada, and at the end of the day, you end up with you know being long a thousand shares in the U.S. and short a thousand shares in Canada. At the end of the day, those net out; they're fungible. They're the same thing. They're like you know they're identical. They can be exchanged for one another. That's what fungibility means. It can be exchanged. This can be exchanged for that. Apples for apples. Apple, right? Exactly. Um, and so, uh, all securities, in my experience, are fungible. Right? You've got. Um, maybe that's, you know, I don't know. I got, I have to think about it, you, but certainly in the stock market, shares are fungible. There, there's no difference between the share I hold, the share you hold. We can trade it, you know, and we are in no different position, for example. Um, bonds are fungible. You know, if I want to buy and sell a, a particular bond, um, you know, it, it is, it, 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 it's the same thing it, it, as other bondholders of that same bond, right? We, we're not holding anything different. So um, this is funny because, the, and, 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 you know, the, the way I see this particular issue, for example, you know, uh, the, the two Republican commissioners came out um, in this case and they were like, this is crazy. How can we Enforce, how can we call the NFT a security? We don't do that for other collectibles, right? Like baseball cards are not securities. Sure. Yeah. Right? We all right. understand that. Um, but in this situation, is, is the non-fungibility of it simply like a label, like a bullshit label to try and skirt securities laws? Because they're, they're quite clearly raising money for their venture and the Lots of promise, right, right, and and promising a return based on the performance of the company to the holders of these NFTs, uh, you know, it really seems like they were using NFT here as a way to try and skirt securities laws. I mean, that's my read of it. I, you know, I and if you look at and they settled with the SEC, and the settlement was. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you don't admit or deny, which is a stupid part of these settlements, and, and I really disagree with it. But fine, you know, you want to say everyone wants to save on legal fees and court costs, so and and you know, not worry about the uncertainty of these cases. But the the company like got rid of the NFTs, compensated the people that bought them. Um, so it it you know they call it a settlement, but it really does look like a pretty clear loss for the company and a victory for the SEC. Right. Call it what you want. A rose right. by any other name will still smell like a settlement. So exactly, yeah. <laughs> and they paid you know millions of dollars in fines. You know this looks yeah. like a, a pretty significant, significant like decision. ten percent of their capital that they raised was spent. You know, just from a quick glance, it was a big chunk of of money. Um, but that's 
I heard someone earlier say that's the American way. You know, you neither ad- <laughs> admit nor deny and, you know, move it through the legal system as fluidly as possible. But right. it's just, it feels gross. And that's where it, we do need real parameters set where everyone can follow the rules and, and these assets can be easily defined. But it's just, it takes off so quickly. It's just like AI or anything else or any other crypto coin it moves ahead of regulation so or it can around get out of hand it, right? really they're, quickly they're yeah. trying to also move around it I, I mean it's you know we 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 unearthed and we've got this in the blog post we unearthed a, a somewhat similar case when you had a group of nft collectors that sued dapper labs uh that you know charging the company and netted hundreds of millions by selling unregistered securities which was the set of collectibles called Top Shot NFTs, which was short clips of famous NBA highlights. And that's another good example where um, Dapper tried to get it dismissed. The district court did not agree with them. And even though they call what they have collectibles, uh, if Dapper as a firm were to go away, the blockchain that they operate would also go away. Um, And it's not like... You know, uh, well, I know Dave wrote the the LeBron James card, rookie card, but you know, like I, I'd rather talk about the Shohei Otani rookie card because my <laughs> son, my son is obsessed with him. He's really into Shohei Otani. Yeah. I also think give Shohei it a little Otani more value. Give it a bump. Potentially the greatest <laughs> baseball player we've ever seen. Um, and you know, like you have that Shohei Otani card. It doesn't matter if Tops goes out of business, right? That card is still in right. existence. It's still it's worth still something. valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty fundamental difference in collectibles, right? Like the the the, the commissioners talked about how they don't go after watch companies uh, who try and boost their brand, but like you know, again, that's a physical. Like you, that company goes out of business, you still got a watch that tells time. Maybe it's even worth more when the company goes out of business because you know exactly. now there aren't going to be any more. It, it 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 I don't know. It it really feels like this is one of those things where. Everyone's confused. The SEC ain't helping, right? They're not helping alleviate this. Honestly, confusion. they're muddying the waters so much where 99% of the population probably doesn't understand even what an NFT is. They know that Logan Paul bought one for like 600000 now $10. And that's, you know, like that's what they know about NFTs. So like, it's, it, I get it, you know, but the use case for something like in, in the GameStop communities, we've been talking ever since ever since GameStop came out with a wallet and started talking about entering the NFT space, how useful it would be to be able to have these assets in game, you know, to yes. be able to treat things like skins. And I mean, there, there are a lot of use cases where you would still have an item, you know, a, a collectible, so to speak, Aside from what was from the company that issued it, it, it it's yes. in game, so it, it yeah. would still hold value individually. See, so that's like the just, best use case of NFTs I've ever heard. Right, I agree. So far, yeah, and and it makes sense. I and, mean, and yeah, I, I can a sell sufficiently my decentralized network so that it can survive the you know the the, the disappearance of any one major party or even the creator. Right. That's right. that's part of the promise of crypto. Supposedly, we still don't see that, right? And that that just you you have to build the framework. We've got to come to an agreement somehow. The SEC has to be knowledgeable enough to come to an agreement that is agreeable to investors 
to define these spaces to where they're still attractive. Yeah. Because if, you know, that's, that's to have to register NFTs as securities and to start going through all of this, that's going to put a lot of, especially small time creators, small time businesses off. We're not, I'm not, we're not going to participate in web three. We're not going to participate in NFT space at all because we don't want the SEC on our, on our back. Yeah. And so, so let's, let's look at like how the SEC continues to screw this up. Um, because just today, as we are recording this, literally, I think an hour or two ago, today's yeah. Tuesday, August 29th, uh, Grayscale was victorious in court. So um, Grayscale had applied to convert their closed-end fund into an ETF, a Bitcoin spot ETF. And the SEC denied that, as they have denied uh, pretty much every single spot ETF application so far. And the court ruled today, just an hour ago or so, that uh, that decision by the SEC was arbitrary and capricious. And the reason that they ruled that way was because the SEC had approved a Bitcoin futures ETF. Yeah, that's the exact right look. Is the left hand talking to the right hand here? Like, I don't think they are. What is happening? Let, let me let me explain a little bit here. Let's take a step back. So, um, when when the SEC approves an instrument to trade on a listed exchange in the U.S., um, where that security is not under the purview of um, a self-regulatory organization. Okay, so when you're a company, you go public on the NYSE or the NASDAQ, right? So you, your security is under the purview of a self-regulatory organization. And there are market surveillance teams at FINRA and at the exchange that watch over the trading of your security for market manipulation. Okay, forget it. what you think, whether they're good at it or not. That's not the point here, they, but they exist. Okay, let's just say yeah. that these things exist, <laughs> all right? And um, what, what the SEC has forever held with Bitcoin spot ETFs and other cryptocurrencies is that there is no surveillance agreement in place with a recognized uh, authority, whether that's a foreign regulatory agency or a self-regulatory organization. Um, now, that has always been the case for years with these ETF applications. Now the CME comes along and they say to the CFTC, hey, we're going to list a Bitcoin futures contract. And they do it because there's less oversight of the futures market than there is of the stock market. Fine, okay, that's that's a commodity, it's a futures contract, it's a different regulatory regime, whatever. However, <laughs> given all the rejections of the spot ETFs, Someone now, and I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but someone came along and said, hey, we're going to list a Bitcoin futures ETF. It's <laughs> not a spot ETF. You don't have to worry about market manipulation. This is based on futures contracts that the CFTC and CME are surveilling. You don't have to worry at all. And the, the SEC, for some ridiculous reason, said, okay, sounds good. It, Good job, you know, crypto bros. It, it was <laughs> insane. It was insane at the time. And, and all of us who understood, we were like, what are, what are you doing? 
Like it doesn't make, you can't approve that and not approve the spot ETF. It doesn't make sense. And that's exactly what the court said today. They're like, that doesn't make any sense. It, right. It's just, right. Like you, you can't, you can't say that, that the, the, the market is not being surveilled for manipulation over here and say, oh, well, it's still not, but it's okay because, you know, someone else is taking that on. It, 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 it's crazy. Yeah. That's And for those of you that are smooth brain like me, this is the part of the big short. These were the people that were betting on Salim at Gomez. So Gary Gensler and the SEC, and they're, they're all walking around and they're like, okay, you can bet on Selena Gomez. No, you can't. You can't. That's go to jail. Like they're literally not. Everyone has different rules. And I don't. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. It, it, it's, you know, dogs sleeping with cats. Crazy. Like what, what's going on here? So, you know, I. <laughs> So this is not surprising that this happened. Honestly, it's like every as soon as they approved that ETF, that futures ETF, at, you know, all of us, like all of our, us market structure geeks, all five of us on Twitter were like, well, forget <laughs> it. You know, they're screwed now. This is not going to work. And so they're not. They're screwed. And, and so now that being said, a lot of people online today are saying, well, that means the ETF is approved. It's coming anytime. Bloomberg says, oh, there, we could have one within a week. Now, um, I think uh, that that is, uh, excuse me for my technical term, uh, pure idiocy and bullshit. Um, this is- Good, nice French, nice French. <laughs> this is, the, <laughs> the SEC has been given the case back, basically. The court said, you can't reject it for this reason, for the surveillance sharing reason, the, sh the surveillance agreement reason. Um, so what do you think is more likely? The SEC is going to say, oh, okay, I guess we've been wrong this whole time. Here are 30 Bitcoin spot ETFs. Or are they going to say, oh, okay, well, we're rejecting it for this reason then, right? Yeah, it will continue. It will continue. The, the, right? the, yeah. the, the just absolute insanity will continue. The chance Meaning that the SEC will, will tuck their tail between their legs and walk away. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Buy us a coffee, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I think those that are celebrating the grayscale victory um, are going to be disappointed. Um, I think that this is not short lived, huh? Yeah, I, I don't think this opens the door to Bitcoin ETFs. I, I think it's stupid because I do think either you you revoke the Bitcoin futures ETF or you approve all of these spot ETFs. It doesn't make sense to have both. Um, and this is, again, like the SEC not really having... I think a vision for this market and an overall sort of coherent philosophy as to how crypto fits into our existing securities laws and regulatory framework. So, um, yeah. you know, this will, will, will continue to see stuff like this until they stop playing catch up on market structure, um, which is, you know, just Honestly. what they tend to do. It's like they've had 80, 90 years and they're just now getting caught up on English and they're like, you want us to go to AP English? And it's yeah. like, yeah, you've had 90 years to learn. It's been 84 years. <laughs> it's just crazy. And I mean, how keeping keeping up with the times is so important. And that's why it's important to have a voice like from we the investors and from individual investors to say, this is where the market is at, Grandpa. Yeah. Get with the right. times, you know. Right, like, and you know, frankly, like invest individual investors do want these ETFs, right? And uh, yeah. when they don't have them, you know, they end up uh, getting exposure to these assets in 
less regulated ways. And, you know, I, I think that that's also problematic and that the SEC needs to be considering that uh, as they try and figure out, you know, what, what should and shouldn't be considered a security and how to fold these things into the regulatory framework. But I mean, we don't, you know, somebody had to give the elephant at the zoo bubblegum for them to write the law that says don't don't give elephants bubblegum. Like somebody had to do the stupid thing for them to write the law that says don't people can't do the stupid thing, right? <laughs> so like right. <laughs> we do need to have just a baseline of patience for as this as this does kind of flesh out is we all don't we've got pee to get on all... the electric fence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that's what Cousin Joe did. And, you know, <laughs> but Cousin Joe had to do it so that we know not to. So thank you. Thank you, Cousin just Joe. Just something to keep in mind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's just the importance of um, keeping up with the times and keeping up with the TLAs. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, what's next? What, what happens next as we, we're kind of coming, running out of time and this is, we could talk about this all day because it's just right. ever changing. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, I think the we're ball is see, in the SEC's court. So, yeah, I think we're so, going to find out pretty quickly. You know, I, I, I would be shocked. And hey, I've been shocked before. I'd be shocked if we have a Bitcoin ETF, spot ETF, anytime in the next couple of weeks. I don't think there's a chance of that. But, you know, what do I know? Um, I, I do think. We'll see um, the SEC try to come out with a coherent um, approach to Bitcoin spot ETFs. I think that would be super useful. But if they're going to reject them, you know, they have to find a way to reject them that is in line with having a futures ETF, or they have to reject, you know, like repeal the futures ETF approval, which I don't even know how that would work. I assume it could work, but, you know, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, obviously. Um, <laughs> But we can. It also ask comes down lawyer. to the SEC themselves agreeing on these things, right? Like yeah. we, they. Yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of of dissent within the SEC, just within commission between commissioners and with between you know. There's no agreement. It's almost like a corporate culture issue. I mean, I hate to yeah. call it that, yeah. but it's no, like, what is our mission at the SEC? SEC and yeah, they that disagree with other parts and certainly disagree with the commissioner or the chair. Um, on yeah. certain issues. Um, and so, you know, like I was saying, it, I am not a lawyer, but next week we have a lawyer coming on. We've had a few lawyers or law professors now. So uh, we're going to continue that theme. Um, my friend, Lee CYA, Schneider, that's the theme, right? That's right. CYA exactly. is the cover of this one. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, my friend, Lee Schneider, is going to join us. Uh, he is actually the general counsel for Avalanche. Um, and he has been a crypto lawyer since that term was coined. He's really been in the space for a long time. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to him sort of sharing his opinion. He's, you know, we've had a few people on here, I think, that um, are more aligned with our view that, you know, much of cryptocurrency, many cryptocurrencies are securities, that the SEC needs to be involved in enforcing uh, these rules. Uh, I think we're going to get a different perspective next week. So I'm really looking forward to that. I like to try and hear different perspectives and understand from smart people, you know, where I might be getting things wrong. So um, I think we'll have a great conversation about our cryptocurrency securities, why or why not? Um, and, you know, what are 
what are their thoughts? What, are, what how does Avalanche see the world? Um, you know, I think that they are, I've said this before, I think they're the best tech out there in the crypto space. I think they're very promising and I've been a fan for many years. So um, it'll be great to, to get Lee on here and, and to get his perspective. That's great. Cutting edge perspective right here on Let's Talk Markets. That's so right. You, uh, exactly. We've got quite a few new listeners too. So what's up to them? And we, we, we appreciate having you with us and you get to hear it here first. So. Welcome to the madness. We will, yeah. we will try Welcome and to keep the Thunderdome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to check out our blog too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll have a blog post up on this episode. And we have we try and accompany every episode with a blog post to give you some more detailed thoughts. Um, and of course, log on to Irvin Finance. There are great conversations happening right now. The community is really picking up. It's very cool it's to see. Isn't it? Like I it know. is popping there. I've, you know, I'm so excited to like log in every day and see all of these new posts from members. It's really the quality is just continues to rise. It's the awesome trick, to see it grow. It seems is that I need to go on vacation more. Because that, that <laughs> when the cat's away, the mice it. will play. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So don't worry. <laughs> I will start traveling a lot. That's my promise to you. That's your contribution. We appreciate <laughs> yeah. how selfless. How selfless yeah. of you. We Get appreciate that. More sand and sun just for <laughs> us. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, guys. And, you know, we always uh, you always sign off with uh, the Bob Barker sign off. Just a little quick shout out, Man, rest in peace yeah. to a legend. The price is but wrong, bitch. Rest in it peace. It is wrong. <laughs> what it a way to sign missed. off. There's nothing else yeah. to say. What can you say? All right. Join us. Ding next dong, time. the price is yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Be sure to like, subscribe, check out our blog, check out the links that we have. Uh, we're available on Spotify, Apple, Amazon. And of course, Irvin.finance. So check us out and we will see you next week. Take care, guys. Thanks, everyone.